Warning, the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it, you're acting like a child. Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Horror. No normal mind can imagine. I'm gonna die here. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Fucking dead bastard. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. And we are friends of the dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome to Fans of the Dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. Happy Halloween, bro. Man, that ain't for a couple weeks now. I mean, when this episode plays, it's going to be sooner. (laughs) And it's October. That's true. As soon as fantasy football draft happens, which we kind of skipped over this year, thank goodness, because so many games have been canceled. But right after that, man, I'm already in October season. Yeah, it's true. Although, it's Halloween all year round for us. Oh, yeah. But this year, I mean, this year, this particular season is just, like, so magical. Right? So this, would you say, is our season finale? I would, because we started in November, and October obviously being the whole big month for horror yeah i would say this is kind of like a season yeah. finale i mean we're not going anywhere we're not taking a hiatus we will be back next month right but yeah but, but this has been a year-long build it's like our super bowl our wrestlemania oh fuck we should have done two movies and made them beat the shit out of each other that would have worked Nah, we, we went with one <laughs> what can you do uh and the one we went with i would probably say is a controversial pick yeah it's a love, it's like a love-hate kind of uh, opinion. Yeah, not a lot of in-betweens on this. I put up a poll whether people liked it, disliked it, or didn't watch it, or just thought it was fun. Personally, I, just, I like it. It's, it's fun. I get yeah. why people do not like the remake of Halloween. Yeah, well, I feel like that's a lot, same thing with the, like all of Rob Zombie's movies. It's It's either they love them or they hate them. There's no real, yeah, like you said, no real in-between. It's just like, Rob Zombie sucks. Rob Zombie's awesome. You know, there's there's no middle ground. Right, and especially with him remaking a classic right. John Carpenter slasher movie. I mean, yeah, it's a touchy subject for a lot of horror fans. Right, but we chose to go with this one just because the original was, that's just too easy. Yeah. Picking Halloween for a Halloween episode is too easy, so let's go with Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, fun movie. So, kind of went an easy route for our recipe for disaster for this one, because I wanted to try this so bad. This is a recipe for disaster. Dunkin' Donuts hosted a donut. But make it spicy. Introducing the spicy ghost pepper donut featuring strawberry flavored icing, 
with cayenne and ghost pepper for a sweet heat treat at Dunkin'. Grab one and show your spicy side. Well, you know, I'm all about showing my spicy side, so let's do it. Yeah, you donut? Right here. Oh, yeah. It's actually pretty fucking good. I like them. They, um, although I feel like it's going to falsely lead people to think that they can handle ghost pepper. Oh, yeah. There's not much kick to it. I kind of gathered that from the marketing. It was like, trick your friends, make them eat one, and then videotape it and post it with the hashtag Duncan Gutcha or something like that. Yeah. That but would yeah. be a liability if it was like real ghost pepper. Oh, I know. But somebody's going to go home and be like, oh my God, I like ghost pepper. And then they grab like a, you know, they're making burgers, they throw a bunch of ghost pepper on it, and then they die. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, folks. Uh, while ghost pepper is a great seasoning to use, you you got to know what you're getting into. You can't just sprinkle it on top of shit. And, yeah. Use it. I mean, lo- you, you can. <laughs> use it. Use it loosely. Yes. Liberally. Is that? Uh, Wouldn't, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm like that old lady with the Frank's hot sauce. I put that shit on everything. So you want to just get into it? Yeah, why not? One of the most frightening stabathons of recent years says Kyle Smith of the New York Post. Rob Zombie reinvents the ultimate slasher classic, unleashing Michael Myers for a bloody roller coaster of a rampage like fans have never seen, including a retelling of the original story that unfolds at a breakneck pace, as well as a chilling new introduction that finally reveals the secrets behind Myers' disturbing childhood. Halloween breathes new life into one of film history's most terrifying tales. It will leave you speechless. Says bloody disgusting. I don't know. It didn't leave me speechless. I got a lot to say about it. If if we were speechless, this would be a boring episode. (laughs) All right. So Halloween 2007. Spoilers ahead. The Darkest Souls are not those which who choose to exist within the hell of the abyss, but those which choose to break free from the abyss and move silently among us. Dr. Sam Loomis. Yeah, that's a good quote. Yeah. So it opens up, we hear God of Thunder by Kiss. Yeah, little Mikey's actually wearing a Kiss shirt. Yeah. So we see the exterior of the house, which is, I'm assuming, is, we were assuming his house. And you see him... Like, playing in his room, he's got, like, a clown mask on. So, obviously, like, back then, he didn't really care to show his face. Right. Well, it was Halloween, and his costume was a clown. So no, I know that, but shut up. Okay. Um, so, he's playing he's, he's playing in his room, and he grabs his little mouse or hamster or whatever oh, it is. That's a straight-up rat. It was a pet rat. rat. Pet rat. Gross. Rodent of some sort. Yes. So we have his mother downstairs, who's a Sherry Moon zombie. And I'm guessing this was his stepfather or maybe just her boyfriend. Yep. Uh, Ronnie. Ronnie. And they're just screaming at each other over his job or lack there of a job. Right. Well, it's clear that he's on some sort of disability because he's got a broken leg, his broken arm. 
Well, that, it, well, that it, was real, though. The like arm, the, yeah. I thought the leg. I don't know. One of either them was way, real. Either way, one of them was real, <laughs> so they just kind of like wrote it in. Yeah, t- very much a white trash breakfast. Oh, yeah. The baby's screaming. He's getting pissed about that. Oh, that's the only thing this fucking kid does. And then the daughter, Judith, comes down, and she's not going to have the chicken abortions that we call eggs. The mother's like, go get your brother. Go get Michael. She goes to get him. He's in the bathroom. Now the sink is covered in blood, and he's holding a scalpel. Can we just say how inappropriate Ronnie's uh, language is? Not just the swears, but he was talking about his stepdaughter's dumper. (laughs) I laughed at the word dumper. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely a creep. Um, Fucked up house. So we're at school. Michael goes to the bathroom and a couple of kids. Hold on. Sorry. A couple of things you you skipped over. I, I just want to mention. Um, when they're back at the table, he's talking about how the rat died and he had to flush it down the toilet. I do not suggest oh, that you right. flush a fucking rat down the toilet. It's, Alligators are okay. Cause you know, well, they, I'm just they, talking about size. Like you're going to clog up that toilet. Your, your plumbing's not going to be happy. And the sister was making an inappropriate um, joke about him masturbating while she's stroking the milk jug. That's right. This kind of mirrors something that happens later. That's the only reason I'm bringing it up. Right. But yeah, so the dad's just talking shit, calling him things he shouldn't call a kid. And that's the first time you see the anger in his eyes. Right. So anyway, so it goes to the school. He goes into the bathroom, take a leak or whatever. Um, A couple kids come in and they're just talking shit to him. Uh, I call him shit pants. And one of the kids... uh, I forget his name, but he starts going in about his mom and how, you know, cause apparently she's a stripper and they got the flyer from the newspaper, which is like basically an old white zombie um, right. flyer, right? which has Michael's mom in all her glory. So they start fighting. The principal comes in, principal chambers. He comes in. Mike just basically tells him to fuck off. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck me. Get into the office. You little prick. I'm calling your mom. So his mother gets called down, and this is where we meet Dr. Loomis. Right, yeah, the mom was pissed about being called into the office again. Right. But it turns out that they're finding, you know, lots of pictures of dead animals, like cats and stuff like that. Like Not his... to mention a dead possum. Yeah. Yeah, hey, dude just had it in his drawer. He's like, just in case you don't believe me, here's the fucking dead possum. Yeah. So she's very much still in denial, even seeing this evidence. She's like, oh, so he takes pictures of dead things and he found a dead possum. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not thinking that's what's actually happening here. Yeah, Loomis is implying that shit could get fucking like, I mean, that is a warning sign. Oh, right. No, I have a huge red flag. If your kid is bringing home dead animals, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've read a couple of those like FBI profiler books. And usually a lot of these start with like, Dudes killing animals. Yeah, and then it escalates. But, you know, little Mikey kind of hears what's going on, so he he takes the fuck off. Yeah, he bails. He he starts emptying his locker. But he, he only grabbed his jacket and the clown mask. Maybe there wasn't much else in there. But anyway, so Wesley. Wesley was the other kid. 
So they're leaving and he hears them. He's like, next time I see that Myers pussy, he's dead. Yeah. And then he spits in some little kid's hat. Yeah. He like grabs a hat and spits it and gives it back. What a prick. Cool. Trace uncool, man. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, Michael basically follows him. I'm guessing he's walking home. He's through going through the woods. You could say he stalked him into that wooded area. It's true. And he just beats the fuck out of him with like a broken tree branch. Yeah, a huge ass broken tree branch. And the kid's like at the point like where he's begging for his life. Yeah. And little Michael Myers puts down the clown mask over his face to like do the actual kill, which I thought was really cool. Right. And he makes sure he took the ad out of his pocket too. Oh yeah. Save that for later. That's gross. <laughs> so yeah, he finishes the job. So now we have we have Ronnie's watching um oh what the hell were they watching? What were they watching White Zombie, weren't they? Uh White Zombie was one of the clips they used. They they used a, a few different movies in the clips. They actually start watching the same movie later in the movie. Yeah. So he's he's kind of taunting Michael about the cat. And Judah, they want Judah to take him uh, trick-or-treating, but, you know, why can't that human waste that's sitting on the couch do it? And well, he can't move, so that's a pretty good reason. She just basically wants to hang out with her boyfriend upstairs. I'm surprised that they're even letting him trick-or-treat. And, you know, things are going to change tomorrow. I suggest you live it up tonight. Yeah. I love how Ronnie's cast also says, suck it. Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty real, real classy guy. William Forsyth, actually. Yeah. A staple in Rob Zombie's movies. Right. A lot of these um, actors you'll see in multiple of his movies. Right. A lot of big names. So yeah, his mother has, you know, has that talk with him. You know, things are going to change tomorrow. I mean, it looks, it seems like he does genuinely love his mother. Yes. She might be the and only ba- one. And baby boo. Baby boo, yes. He loves baby boo. So she's like, fine, whatever. But then she ends up bailing to be with her nerdy boyfriend. And while he's basically just sitting outside the house in his clown out like costume. Now, oh my goodness. This was like the saddest little montage ever. So right? Nazareth Love Hurts is playing when you could see that uh, Michael Myers went trick-or-treating by himself for a little bit. And he's just like all mopey on the front like sidewalk area there all sad by himself he's alone and it's like interspliced with shots of his mom stripping <sighs> yeah that's but i mean you got to make the money i mean you got to pay your bills somehow she works hard for that money <laughs> yeah so and then judith is upstairs she's fucking her boyfriend and this friggin douche canoe comes out and pulls out the friggin the mask that Michael's going to use later. Right. The Michael Myers mask. He's like, I want to do it with the mask on baby. It's a fucking weird thing, man. She was a score for him. I don't know how the hell he landed her. No, I do not know. So, uh, say Mike comes home, Ronnie's passed out. He sits at the table eating whatever shitty candy that it looked like he got. Cause it didn't look good. No, it's like those like little strawberry hard candies and like candy corns. Well, I like the strawberry candies. Those are gross. Those are like what everybody's grandmother has. No, they have one like original dish. 
<laughs> it's always the Werther's original with a with like a button and a paperclip. A button and a paperclip. Oh man. <laughs> so, but yeah, so he starts going through like the drawers in the kitchen, and this is where he finds the kitchen knife. Which we will know. That's generally where you would find a kitchen knife is in a drawer in the kitchen. It's true. And duct tape. Duct tape, yes. So he goes, he tapes up Ronnie, pulls his mask down, checks the window, and just comes up, slits his throat, and just lets him bleed out. Staring him down the whole oh, yeah. time. He's oh, like, yeah. So yeah. Judah's, Judah's boyfriend goes downstairs to, oh, he's going to make a sandwich or something. Yeah, this dude is just, oh, balls on this kid, man, just raiding the fridge. What an asshole, making himself a fucking nasty sandwich. So then, I'll, so Michael, he, he grabs a baseball bat and goes, you ever see that movie, The Untouchables? Yeah. When um, De Niro just grabs a bat and just starts smashing the dude in the head? Yeah, that was pretty much what happened here. Yeah. Dude dude got hit so hard in the head, he was twitching. <laughs> Judah's still upstairs. She's laying on the bed with, uh, was it like headphones, I think she was at, she had. Yeah, listening to Blue Oyster Cult. Yep. Don't fear the reaper. Fear your creepy little brother. Michael grabs the mask. The new mask. The new one, yes. He upgrades. Starts like caressing her leg. Yeah, he was tickling her thigh and her ass. Very, very creepy. Yeah. So then she, so obviously she recognizes who it is. She smacks him in the face. And then, you know, he goes all stabby stab on her. Yeah, and she like kind of stumbles out of the room, and he's slowly stalking behind her. And I thought this was an awesome scene when she's trying to get away, and he's just coming at her, and he's got that like an adult mask on, and it's like way too big for his body. It was just, it was great. Yeah, so she doesn't really get very far. No, and I noticed a few kills in this movie have like a an angry shaky cam, yeah, effect. I don't know so, what that's. Uh, so he ends up going into Baby Boo's room, takes takes the mask off, and the he's, next he's Michael again, right? So now he's outside waiting with the baby for his mother. Happy Halloween, Boo! And then yep. they go, yeah, they go chill on the stoop. Mom pulls up in her 1970 Dodge Super B. That's a sexy car right there. That was a that was a fucking really nice car. So he, she's, you know, what, what, she was trying to figure out what was happening, why he was give me, outside. Give me the baby. And it's pretty much the same scene in the the original. You know, the parents come home to find Michael and he's just kind of, well, in the original, he's standing there with the bloody knife. Right. As sirens approach. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? So, I mean, obviously this movie gives us a lot more backstory than we got in the original, which a lot of people don't like. Um, John Carpenter himself was like, well, you're not supposed to know his motives. Right. But I mean, you can kind of just make it up that something obviously triggered Michael in the original because they knew something was wrong with him when they showed up. He was silent, motionless. Right. So sirens, the whole deal, news. I mean, his mother is just hysterical. And then one would be when a kid is murdered. So this was a cool, this was kind of a cool shot. Cause like, as they're panning to like, get to the cruiser, like, like you can see the siren, like the lights are still moving, but like everything else is like still. Yeah, Everyone is frozen and Michael is sitting in the squad car. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. 
Um, so now we move 11 months later to Smith's Grove. Yeah. So he's found, he's found guilty for first degree murder. And this is, they start to have, he says, sit downs with Dr. Loomis. Right. And so, I mean, the kid seems pretty chill. He's acting like yeah. a normal kid. Right. And then he asks him, why, you know, why do you talk so funny? <laughs> that was, that was really good. Yeah. Um, so he has no recollection. Loomis of, played by the always fantastic Malcolm McDowell. I really liked his portrayal of him. Yeah, I, I really did too. Um, but yeah, so he's asking him, you know, basically what happened and he has no recollection. He has no idea. No, nope, he, he remembers trick or treating and basically that's it. Yeah. So he's very, I mean, he's, he's seems very calm. The mom, you know, the mother visits. Yes. You could say he has a calm, unassuming facade. Yeah, you could. And I mean, he did. And he's asking if everyone's okay at home. Obviously, they're not. No. So yeah, then we hear, we see, we see Ishmael, the janitor. Danny Trail. I liked his character too. So he's basically cleaving and he cleaning and he calls him Mikey. So he gives him kind of like a pep talk. Yeah, he, like he's definitely relating to the boy, talking about you know him being in prison and how it sucks to be basically in isolation. And you could tell that they kind of have a cool back and forth. Right. So then they had, you know, they, they go to like another session, which I feel like a lot of these sessions probably could have been left out. Um, I feel like those Yeah, but I mean, so originally when Rob Zombie was talking about doing the movie, uh, the Weinstein's fucking assholes. Yeah. They wanted, or they were in the works of making Halloween the missing years, which basically right. showed all of this stuff in the asylum. And Rob Zombie wanted to do two movies. He wanted to show Myers as a kid and then do the remake. Right. And they're like, nah, fuck that. So he's like, okay, I kind of do it both in a in a one movie, which they were cool with. He actually said it was a miserable experience working with them. They'd always give him horrible notes, and they were up his ass. Yeah, the second the, he said the second one, making the second one was a lot worse than doing the first one. Right. He thought because of, you know, the money that was made off the first one that maybe they'd ease up on him, but they were even worse because they were like, well, you got to do it like this, and you got to do it like that. So they even approached him to do a third one. And he, no, I'm good. Fuck that shit. Right. So... So yeah, so we have another another session, and this time he starts making these masks. This one was a black one, which apparently is his favorite color. Right. No, apparently. So he thinks that nobody can see him when he's right. behind he, the mask. It's like when when a kid puts on sunglasses that they turn invisible. Right. But he says he puts the mask on to hide his secrets. Yeah. And his his like mental stability is starting to deteriorate. And he's constantly like hiding in his mask as like a sanctuary. Right. He's wearing them all the time. Um, I guess, except with his mom, but then he starts wearing them around his mom. Right. And she doesn't want him to, but he says it hides my ugliness. Right. So, I mean, they have a few visits, you know, his mom comes and he's, I mean, he's basically on the verge of a complete shutdown. I mean, just like completely like shutting down. Right. Uh, Michael, flips out around Christmas time. He just wants to get out and like, yeah, he's right. He's, he's at the end of his rope here. 
Right. Uh, Loomis mean, is trying to comfort him, but it's just fruitless. Right. They're 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 having they're they're kind of having lunch in the um the garden. It's like it's not much of a garden, but uh, right. Yeah. No. It's well. I thought it was like a cafeteria, wasn't it? It was basically the the yard in a prison. You know, you got a couple picnic tables and that's it. But he said getting outside might help him a little bit. So obviously this is a lot later because they're outside and it's nice. Right. So she gives a picture of him and baby Boo to Michael. Yeah. You know, and they, they, they leave the church, the, the, the nurse in charge, you know. Well, right. Well, well, before that happened, Loomis was basically quitting. He was saying he feels like he's failing the boy and Michael actually gets mad at his mom when she touched his mask. Yeah. Like the the one person other than baby boo that he loves, he gets angry at her and Loomis says that he is a mere shape of a human being. And I thought that was a really good nod to Michael Myers originally being credited as the shape. Yes. So, yeah, so he he's walking the mother out and leaves the nurse in charge. Now, why they're giving these people, like, metal cutlery is, I don't know, beyond me. It didn't seem like a, a smart move, but this was the 70s, so I don't know. I'm not that's an excuse. But, yeah, she's looking at the picture of Baby Boo. She's like, oh, cute baby. Couldn't be related to you. Like, jeez, bitch. <laughs> Fork to the throat. Yep, dead. So the uh, guy tries to, tries to take the mask off of him. Michael just screams. Yeah, freaks out again. And gives Loomis like this this nasty look. So yeah. we have Deb, his mother, Debbie, Deborah. She's back at home. She's just like watching movies. Home movies. Just, right, home movies, just hysterical. Pulls out a revolver and just kills herself. Yep. And the last thing you hear is the baby crying. Right. So now we we move to 15 years later. Yeah, this is quite a jump. Now, I have to say, I kind of fucked up, and I watched the unrated director's cut of this movie. So mine might be a little different here, because there's two completely different versions of what goes on. So you just just ride us along for this one. We'll go with whatever you watched. All right. I, I watched whichever one was on Prime. Okay, well, my notes might be a little different. Okay, so we have Ishmael and another janitor, Noel. So they're they're headed to Michael's cell. So it seems like Ishmael's kind of on his way out. Like, he's getting to retire soon. Yeah, he, he says he has three months to retire. Right. Which is never something you should announce in a movie, by the way. If you're close to retirement, keep that shit to yourself. I know, <laughs> it's true. So yeah, there's the masks everywhere on the walls. Dude calls him fuck nut. Dude, th- that dude's a prick. Noel, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed, you know, Ishmael took a, he took a liking to him and he's defending him. And I mean, this dude was a monster. Like the the guy that they get, uh, Taylor Maine, he's what, 6'8"? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I mean, he was just a massive person. Yeah, it, which made this dude talking shit to him seem even crazier like i get it he doesn't say anything and he just like sits in his room and he hasn't killed anyone in 15 years so you know that's a little dumb there 
But to be talking shit to a giant just doesn't seem like a good idea. Who's a who's a psychopath? Right. You know? So they take him out in chains. So and he's going to meet with Loomis and he tries tries getting him to talk, you know, tell him he has to he has to move on. But right. he's he still has he still has the paper mask on. Loomis leaves as you know, Mike's just kind of watching him leave. Now Loomis goes and writes a book and he's like starting to do these speeches that like I don't know if, like at colleges or whatever. Basically discussing discussing how like Michael was created. Right. The book is called The Devil's Eyes. Yeah. Which now, is a quote from the original Halloween. The original Loomis said, he's got the devil's eyes. So now we have two staff, Noel being one of them, and Zach, who I believe that was Bill Mosley, right? Yeah. Yeah. They go, they they grab a new inmate, a female in, inmate, and uh, bring her to Mike's cell. And then they just rape her on Mike's bed. And Now, I, I pointed this out. I was like, all right why the fuck would they bring him in there or bring right. her in there? Right. Like, I don't know. It's just <laughs> fucking twisted drunks. Right. So yeah, they rape her on her rape her on his bed. And then they start playing with his mask, like taunting him and just saying shit. Of course. Right. It's like, he doesn't care that there's a like horrific thing happening to this human behind him. But then they fuck with his mask, and he's like, uh-uh, nah, uh motherfucker. So, so he gets up, shit's about to get real. No, shit got real. Throws one guy, well, actually, one of the guys was actually in um, Walking Dead, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and no, he was, I, he was, I forget his, oh, Axel, he was, he was Axel. Also part of Banjo and Sullivan in The Devil's Rejects. Right. So yeah, he, he throws, he throws the other guy. Goes after Noel, smashes him into a wall. Now, Michael's wearing the cool-ass orange, like, jack-o'-lantern mask. Yeah. He tries to get away. Again, doesn't really get very far. Um, so now he's out of his room, which is very problematic. Yeah, you gotta keep those fuckers locked up. Yeah. So, Ishmael's coming into work. Phone's ringing. Receptionist is dead. Not answering the phone. Not answering the phone. So may need a may need a written warning there, and then so he he start he just finds bodies like on his on his way, just it's just a bloodbath. Yeah, it's just he runs into Mike, tries nicely to get him into his room. Hey, know. what are you doing out of your room? You know, come on, Mikey. You know, goes to put handcuffs on him. Goes to put handcuffs on him, and then he just I mean, he drowns. He's he's he drowns him in a sink. Which oh, I this was so sad. So. A lot of the murders that he has done earlier, but you know, besides, obviously, they're all horrific. But a lot of the people were built up to be fucking killed, and like you don't care that the rapists are getting killed, the bully getting beaten. Like, yeah, he had it coming, but this one was sad. Dude, I was good to you, Mikey. Yeah, that was this was this was the the kill that you know that upset me a bit. Yeah, so. This is the one that you're like, oh, damn, he's a monster. I mean, he was a monster before, but... Right. He drowns dude and then smashes a TV on his head. Yeah. So, Loomis is at home sleeping. He gets a call. From Clint Howard. 
Yep. Mike's out. Ah, fuck. God damn it. So we go to a truck. He shows up at like a truck depot or a truck stop or something like that. Oh, this scene was so cool. They used Tom Sawyer by Rush very well in this scene. This is where we meet Big Joe Grizzly, Mr. Ken Foray. Foray. Yeah. Mike follows him into the bathroom. Well, actually, he kills he, he kills the guy in the truck because he had to get the dude's jumpsuit. That was Ken's jumpsuit. I thought he I thought he took somebody else's jumpsuit first. Nope, that was Ken's jumpsuit that he wore in, in Dawn, Dawn of the Dead. Of the yeah. Dead. Yeah. So yeah, when he was taking a shit, he had the jumpsuit down. Oh, that's right. Okay, you're right. And he fucking murdered dude so fucking ill. Like, we met Ken Furry at Rock and Shock. And this is a huge dude. And Michael Myers towered over him. So, like, fuck that shit. But he's just slamming the guy in a, like, bathroom stall. Like, metal is bending. He's just fucking this dude up. <laughs> I just love it. He's banging on the door. What we have here is failure to communicate. I got a double deluxe burrito talking back at me. <laughs> like, he wasn't in the movie very long, but it was so good. Oh, God, it like, was Like, awesome. he's some great lines. That's just, well, it was like in Devil's Rejects where, um, like, the, the characters Rob Rob gives him are just perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he, I mean, he just stabs his shit out of him, takes the coveralls, back to Haddonfield, October 31st. Now, how the, how the fuck does this dude know where he's going? Does he, like, steal a map at some point? Does he's got, like, this innate GPS in his, like, devil brain? God. I don't know, man. Because I don't know. How, how far away was the... A hundred uh, miles. Oh, God. Yeah. That's a long way to stalk across the fucking country. No shit. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. So this this is where we finally meet the Strodes. So um, oh, so basically, was it 52 minutes into this movie, we finally meet Ma- Laurie Strode. Right. And Mama Strode, D. Wallace. Yes. So they're making breakfast. Laurie comes down. This is definitely like a different type of personality than the way Jamie Lee Curtis played it. Right. She even makes a really inappropriate bagel joke and she's like fingering the hole and it was like oh <laughs> her mother God. was her mother was pissed. <laughs> oh yeah, she even mentioned it later in the movie. She's like, I can't believe that. That thing with the bagels, I'm still upset about that. But like this is what I wanted to bring up the uh the jerking of the milk jug earlier. Right. It's just like the these inappropriate Myers breakfasts. <laughs> I know. So yeah, she's she's walking to the school and this little kid Tommy, she has to drop off the key at the Myers house. Right. Because her dad's the real estate agent and he's trying to sell the house. He's actually reading a newspaper complaining about the corporate monsters coming in and taking over for the little hardware store. Damn you, Home Depot. So on your way to school, drop off the key at at Michael Myers. Right. Tommy catches up with her, starts talking about Wolfman and and all that stuff. And they go up. They go up to the house. Mike is in the basement going through like the floorboards. Yeah. So I have to point this out. Why the fuck was this mask underneath the floorboards with the kitchen knife? Yeah. He So he must have 
buried it? Murdered his sister, then hid the mask and the knife under there? I mean, he had to be the only person that could have done that. Right. Because he obviously knew he wasn't coming back anytime soon. So he just must have hid it for when he when he gets out. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little odd. Cool that he, you know, finds his old mask and it's like kind of rotted a little bit. And Tommy is saying you can't go up to the house. That's the boogeyman's house. But she has to drop off the key in the mail slot. Now, my question to you is, does he recognize her? as being boo or is he just pissed because she was kind of making fun of you know him as the boogeyman or does he just stalk her after that because she was trespassing he even smells the envelope that the key's in i'm gonna go with number two because it, it seems to be when somebody makes fun of him or makes a joke in anywhere at his expense is kind of when he goes you know over the edge although berserker mode yeah although Ishmael never did that, and he still fucking killed him. Right. Well, I think at that point, he was just like... I gotta kill everybody. Gonna, I gotta, yeah, everybody gotta go. So, yeah, so now we get Lori, Linda, and Annie Brackett, played by the great Danielle Harris. Yeah, there was a lot of throwbacks to the originalness. Yeah, so she's the only character that was in the original franchise to, yeah. uh, to return. She was playing a high school girl at age 29. Yeah, that's right. She I don't mean, look. But it, she don't look twenty nine. No, she looks the part. I mean, she's a she's a tiny little thing. She's I think five feet tall. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, so we're, yeah, they're at the they're at the library now. You can see Michael outside the window. Yeah, that's the first time that Lori notices him. But it is Halloween, so she kind of just like you know brushes it off. Which also, he was standing in front of Lori's house from the original. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things. The house from uh, the people under the stairs is in this yep. movie. Well, yeah, that was Michael's house. Yeah. Another um, great movie. Oh, fantastic. Now, I, I thought this was going to come up later, so I, ma- I made a note of it. But Linda's talking about how alcohol burns at 78.5 degrees Celsius. But huh. apparently that was a waste of time to write that down because it, it never came up again. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I was like, oh, alcohol's going to burn in this movie. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so now we have we have Loomis, Copelinson, and um, Morgan. They're all they're all going over surveillance, passing blame. Voodoo here is the head of Smith's Grove. Yeah, another famous guy. Right. Look at that. So basically, they're they're passing blame, and it's like you just had to play zookeeper, didn't you? Yeah, and of course, you know, shit rolls downhill, so they're gonna throw Loomis under the bus. Right even though he had nothing to do with Michael escaping. No. no so he should have warned us. He's like, motherfucker, I wrote a tell-all book. I've been telling everybody, anybody that will listen, I've been trying to warn. Yeah. It's a bestseller. Have you read your copy yet? <sighs> so Linda, with a Y, she and Lori, they're leaving school, complaining about the cheerleading coach. She's a uh, cool, cool Slayer t-shirt. Yes, definitely a cool Slayer t-shirt. But yeah, the uh, the the see you next Tuesday cheerleading coach, which I'm sure. What? Just say the word. She called the cheerleading coach a cunt. Okay, thank you. Sorry. It's a quote, man. It's true. Yeah, so they, they see Myers again, and they're taunting him. Linda's like, hey, freak. And they're like, oh, maybe we could hook you up with him, Lori. You need to get laid. Yeah. My dad's a sheriff. 
You like the you like the young stuff? Yeah, they were very inappropriate with uh, Michael Myers. Yeah, but then a very cool Brad Dorif shows up as Sheriff Brackett. Yes. So Annie goes with him. Laurie walks home, walks up to the you know walks up to the lawn to help the mother with the skeleton that she really doesn't want to put together. I'm guessing that's like all her father's like doing. Well, yeah, he mentioned it earlier. Like, oh, could you put the arms back on the skeleton? I gotta go. And she's like, you know, we dead. It is Halloween decorations. And I thought this was a really cool mother daughter scene because this is when she mentions that I'm still upset about that inappropriate bagel joke that you made earlier. And they kind of had a nice, cool moment. Yeah. And while and while she's helping with the skeleton, Michael's walking across the street. Dum de dum. I had to take a double take and rewind it. I'm like, huh. Yep, she stalked him, stalked her the whole way home. Yeah. So now Loomis and Chester, the cemetery caretaker, played by Sid Haig. Rest in peace. Another great character for him. Right. This is such a cool cameo. And the way that he gets all pissed when they go up to the grave and see that it's been uh, defaced. Yeah. And he's oh, the fucking guy you wrote a book, fucking blood money. It's like, ah, I heard it was a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> so there was, um, God, what was, what was the animal that was like ripped up, ripped apart on the, uh, I, I don't know. So basically just a dead animal on a cross. Right. On a certain grave. Now I didn't see this as disrespecting the grave. I saw this. Well, I mean, obviously it's very disrespectful to put dead animals on crosses on people's graves. Uh, please don't do that. But I think in Michael's twisted head, this was like more of an offering for his mother. Right. This kind this movie kind of gives Michael Myers a Jason Voorhees type of uh, mummy issue. Yeah, no, definitely. So trick or treat. Yes. Let's go tricking and treating. Yeah, let's go party at the Myers house. That seems like a good idea. Yeah. So we have the blue van with Linda shows up. I believe that's Bob's 1979 Dodge Street van. Yes. Back when uh, vans weren't called rape vans because they were all sketchy. They were like more like rock and roll and always had these crazy murals painted on the side. And you get that little window. It's like a submarine window in the back. Sometimes <laughs> they had shades. That's right. It shows up to the Myers house. Mike's upstairs on the porch. Yeah. He's like, who are these motherfuckers? Yeah. Her boyfriend is also like a fucking weirdo. Yeah. So he, he goes to get beer. Well, can we just say that, I mean, they fucked on the floor of Judith's room and she's left unsatisfied for when he goes to get the beer and she puts on a little bit of Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. Don't uh, forget the Reaper. So Linda, she calls Laurie while like the freaking guy goes to the van, comes back why were all the beers empty? Did yeah. you notice that he's going through the cooler and there's like so many empty beers? Did like, while they were fucking, did Michael Myers go down and just Drink like all the beer? bang out a bunch of beers? Oh shit. Yeah. So comes back in a sheet and glasses. Ooh. Mike chokes him. And then, and this was, I think this was like the only kill that was also like repeated from the original. Ish. Right, yeah. Stabs him right, right to the, the wall, wall, leaves him hanging, and then he puts the sheet on. Which... Right, and then goes back in and 
going to give her a beer. Which is always just hilarious to me. <laughs> this big, massive serial killer puts on a sheet and glasses. And how she could be confused and think it's Bob again. For <laughs> he's, a he's like, like 10 this inches guy taller. Is like three times the size of Bob. Oh God. Joke's over. Beer, please. She flashes him her tits and just gets choked and carried yeah. off. So now Loomis is now at a gun store buying a 357 from a monkey. Mickey Doens. Hey, hey, with a monkey. Cause why not? Do you want to buy guns? <laughs> No, Lori's giving out candy with her mom, and the father joins, but tells her to be careful. There's a lot of nut jobs. A lot of nut cases out on Halloween. It's amateur night. So she leaves. She leaves with Annie. Mike goes. Michael goes into the house. He he just attacks yeah. the dad like one one blow, quick, brisk move, right into the house with the dad. Yeah, but then like he he took his time a little bit with the mother. Right, yeah, she's actually trying to crawl towards the phone as, you know, Michael's murdering her. And then he picks up the frame and looks at the picture. And I think maybe this might be where it clicks in his head that he knows Lori Strode. Yeah, I, I, I think so. So now she's, Lori's babysitting Tommy. He asks if the boogeyman's real. It's true. He eats little boys like you. Now, this kid, this kid's costume, he had pretty cool makeup. Yeah, wicked cool. He looked like um, the kid in Coco. Yeah, he did. So Annie calls. She's making popcorn, and now they're they're trying to get together. Right. So Annie Annie wants to drop off Lindsay, so Lori can watch both kids while Annie bangs. Paul. Right. So Michael's looking out into the window. Says, you know, Annie says, "I'm coming over." And was it the girl's name, Lindsay? I think it is. Yeah, dude, and Michael Myers was right behind yeah. her before they bounced out of that right. house. She's watching, it looked like she was watching, what, Frankenstein or something? Uh, the movie's watching this movie, Forbidden Planet, thing from another world. Um, but basically, it was like the same scene that Ronnie was watching. Right, earlier. okay. Yeah, he's standing right behind the couch. Now, Loomis is trying to now convince the sheriff that something evil is walking around. Right. You know, he's like, oh, come on. Just because there's a dead coyote and a missing headstone? Come on. But it weighs half a ton. Yeah, that's my point. It's just a bunch of kids playing around. No. Annie and Lindsay are now walking to Tommy's. Michael's behind them. I mean, he's, uh, he's just, I mean, he's stealthy. Yeah. Annie's trying to get Lori up, drops the girl off. Who calls her late night lover. Basically, yeah, just, just, just drops the girl off and bails. Um... Yeah, Loomis is still working on the sheriff, thinks he's coming for his baby sister, baby boo. Right, so Brackett calls the Strodes and gets their answering machine, which is such a cool, like, Halloween-y type of message that they had on there. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, and so they're they're all sprawled out on the floor. So, dead. Dead, yes. Very, very, they're very, very dead. dead. Uh, Tommy keeps asking about the boogeyman. No, he won't shut he up. He really won't. So, and Lori just keeps kind of avoiding it. Now, Annie and her boyfriend are now fucking away while... Brown chicken, brown cow. Brown chicken, wild, brown cow? Brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> uh, so as Mike Michael finds his way in, creeps on them, grabs the dude from behind, stabs him, Annie runs and grabs a kitchen knife, and then he just knocks her to the floor. She's still running around topless. 
and he just drags her away. Um, Lori needs to bring, it's time that Lori now needs to bring Queen Sheba home, Lindsay. Yes, who was dressed as Queen yes. Sheba. She made it very clear that she was Queen Sheba, not Lindsay. Right. She got into that role. She's a method actor. So the sheriff explains to Loomis, you know, what he did with baby Boo. He basically baby safe haven yeah. Boo after the mom committed suicide. Right. And then he found out that one of his best friends adopted her. And he's like, God damn it. So Lori's, Lori's walking Lindsay home. Annie's on the floor, barely alive. Leaves to, she's she leaves to call nine one one and Mike wa- Michael walks past her boyfriend's hanging with a pumpkin on his head. Right, I call him the Paul O Lantern. <laughs> um, sheriff gets the nine one one, learns it's um, it's coming from Lori, and Annie's screaming for Lori. Now Mike, well, Annie is not screaming because she can barely scream. She's, she's trying her she's best trying. to warn right. Lori. So Mike grabs her and Lori gets out smashing like a window. So Mike's chasing her, goes to Tommy's. Well, first, oh wait, never mind. Sorry, I skipped. Jerk. Uh, so they go they go to Tommy's. Mike busts through the door. I'm always I'm always in favor of a good door busting. Right. He gets through that door very quickly and then they hide in the bathroom which has a glass like door. Yeah. Like you just saw this guy just, you know, leisurely stroll through the front door and now you're going to hide behind glass but you know what are you going to do silly people so cops arrive like you said they're hiding in the bathroom tub the door's locked to a glass door you know cops are looking around Michael he gets one of the cops goes literally just goes through the glass door cop shoots him doesn't really bullet in the shoulder yeah I mean that's one bullet are we keeping track let's keep track So it affected him a little bit, but didn't really seem to do too much. Stabs him, stabs that cop, grabs Lori, and drags her away out of the house. Yeah, you could say he carried her home. Now, the sheriff pulls up, finds Annie. Now, obviously, that's his daughter. Tommy and Lindsay come running to Loomis as he he goes chasing. Right, he kind of guides them to the ambulance and then just runs off. So now looks like Lori wakes up. She's she's in in the basement of the Myers house. Who are you? What do you want? Yeah. So he finds like a she finds a headstone, Linda's body. Michael comes in, just kind of stares. He drops the knife and pulls out the picture of right now. Of course, Lori has no fucking clue. Like what? I don't understand. I don't know them. So he takes off his mask, like. Don't you recognize me now? <laughs> so she kind of like crawls over to him. She's like, I want to help you. You know, I, but like, I just, I just want to help you. And she grabs a knife and st- helps him by stabbing him in the neck. I thought it was the shoulder. I thought she stabbed him almost the same place as the bullet. Oh, maybe. And he falls over. Right. So she's screaming to get out. Michael gets up. And he puts his mask back right. on. So now he means business. Right. Like. I, I was trying to like have a little family reunion here, but you done fucked up. He busts through a wall. Lori gets away, but falls into a pool, an empty pool. She gets herself into the deep end here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, she's really in the deep end of the pool and she, she can't get out. Yeah. Michael goes into the pool also. And Loomis shows up and calls to him. 
Michael, stop! So he's he's having that moment of like, who do I go to? What do I do? Yeah. He, so he keeps going to Laurie. Loomis shoots him three times, begging him to stop. And Myers falls over. He again. Falls over again. Presumably dead. Which allows Laurie and Loomis to leave. Well, not really. They get to the right. Well, get out of the pool. I mean, it got, it got Laurie out of. Oh the yeah, pool. yeah, yeah. Is that the boogeyman? And he's like, "Yep, pretty yeah. much." So Mike's laying in the pool. In the cruiser, she yeah, same thing. Asked asked if she was he was the boogeyman. In fact, I do believe he was. Michael pops up, reaches through the window, drags Laurie out. Loomis pleads pleads for Laurie as he grabs Loomis. Laurie goes back into the house and hides. Now, we kind of think Loomis is dead. At least I did. I thought Loomis was dead at this point. But dude, the way like you could tell like at one point. Loomis said, you know, it's kind of sad, but I see you as, as kind of a best friend. And I feel like there must be some kind of uh, friendship that Michael feels right. because he picks him up by the head, puts his thumbs in the dude's eye sockets. Yeah. But you could see this dude could have totally have just like busted in his eyes. But when you see um, Loomis bleeding on the ground, he's bloody, but like, it's not bad. It's not like coming out of his eyes. It just right. He just looked beat, beat up and he's. Yeah, so I was like, oh, he, he kind of took a little bit of mercy. Right. So then he drags him to the basement. He finds, um, and finds his jacket, the uh, the trench coat. Right. The one that has the gun in the right. pocket. So Michael hears, Michael hears Lori. He kind of turns back. And then she went to hide around another corner. I mean, this is a whole big, like. Dude, Michael Myers is like horrible at hide and seek. Yeah. He, he started to get really frustrated at one point. He just starts smashing up a random wall. Yeah. So then she goes to get uh, Loomis's gun. No, Lori runs. Sam grabs Michael's leg as as he tries to go after Lori. Right. So Loomis is still right. Alive. And now Lori's up in the attic. It's like an attic, like crawl right. space. And Mike is just Michael's just going to town, smashing like like the going. Dude, he had like piece of a broken stud from the wall, and he's just like smashing up the ceiling with it, trying to get her. Yeah, I mean, just destroyed the fucking ceiling. And she manages to not get hit by the stud and not, you know, fall from the ceiling. But then she moves and falls into a different room. Right. So I mean, she's all fine. She's clearly like, dude, all... she landed on her face. Yeah, she's she's clearly fucked up. So Michael's in the doorway, runs. Runs at her like through the door, through the porch, like onto the grass. Which actually, that stunt woman got seriously hurt doing that. Which is why you don't see them land, right? Um, so that's why that's why they cut to black. But yeah, so I mean, she's bleeding basically out of every like orifice on her face, right? But she manages to get up. Myers is still stunned, and she grabs the gun, points it at him, click, click. Click. Myers wakes up, grabs her arm, bang. She fucking starts to scream, and uh, that's that's pretty much that's it. it. And the end credits is a bunch of home movies, right? So I thought I was onto something here by counting the bullets, but I only got five. I I, I was sad because in the original Loomis, like after Michael disappears, I shot him six times. So I was hoping he got the same six. Well, this one only gets only gets five. Only five shots. Damn it. Yep. So, what'd you think? I enjoyed it. 
I really enjoyed it. Um, the only thing, and I, I kind of think the beginning part went along a little too long. Like the whole, like the backstory, I feel like some of that could have been cut a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, I loved how, basically how like ruthless he was. Just, just huge, huge like person. Yeah. Just like that scene with the, the ceiling. I mean, he just tore apart a friggin' ceiling with a, with a piece of wood. Granted, right. it was probably rotting because it's like an old shitty house that, you know, but still. Yeah. I mean, this was a lot of fun. I remember seeing it the day it came out and like there wasn't many people in the theater. And that scene when he's beating the bully to death, like I cheered. And the couple people that were in the audience kind of, you know, turned around and were like, who the fuck is this fucking asshole? Well, the, the kids were pricks. Yeah. I mean, like, so I was very excited. I was very enthusiastic. Um, Michael Myers is one of my favorite characters. So just getting to see him is fun. And I get why people don't like the movie. Rob Zombie actually went to John Carpenter before he made the movie. And he was telling him that they were going to remake it. And John said, just make it your own. Yeah. And that was his advice. And I guess since then, there's been a little bit of bad blood between them because of, I think it's basically just misunderstanding. Something Rob said about how John wasn't completely thrilled with it. And John's like, I don't know why he said that, that piece right. of shit. But I mean, it's a, it's a good movie. It was a lot of fun. How many brands? I'm going to give it, you know, I'm going to give it three and a half. <sighs> That's exactly what I'm giving this. Nah, three and a half brands. Yes. <sighs> you know, actually, lot you know, fun. actually Emma Stone auditioned for Laurie. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I would have, uh, I don't know if that would have worked as well. That and they almost cut, um, Ishmael's death, which thank God they didn't, because oh no, uh, Rob Zombie fought for that one to stay. Right, because that that was probably one of the like most meaningful deaths in the movie. Right, like a lot of the other people like were such bad people. You were like, oh cool, I like I'm excited for this death. But yeah, what's your oh, ah, shit, man? I didn't write down any names. Scout Taylor Compton played Lori. I thought she did a phenomenal job. Yeah, no, she did. It 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 took me like at first I really didn't care for her version of Lori, but as as the movie went on, I'm like, you know what? This 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 does kind of work. Right, exactly. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis, how do you fill those shoes? So it was kind of a different Lori altogether. But I mean I thought it really worked for the the movie. Right. No, I agree I agree hundred percent. So our boys at Heavy Metal Over Six Pack nominated Jennifer Tilly as Horror Babe of the Month. So since this is kind of a season finale type of deal i just thought it would be appropriate that we name a miss halloween 2020 and who did we come up with miss halloween who did we come up with i prefer the real thing miss halloween 2020 danielle harris okay yeah so danielle harris uh, I mean, she has been acting for a long time, obviously mostly known for Halloween for the return of Michael Myers and part five, the revenge of Michael Myers, which is awesome because that's the first mention of the thorn tattoo that he has. She played Jamie Lloyd. Yes. One of the most popular characters in the Halloween series. And she crossed over to do the remake where she played Annie Brackett, which was pretty awesome. Right. She also pops up in the, the Hatchet series in, I believe, two and three, and then she returned for basically Hatchet 4, Victor Crowley. Right, yeah. So with Adam Green and uh, 
Dan Lynch. Joe Lynch. So Adam Green and Joe Lynch. She also was on their TV show Holliston. That show is so funny. I know. Yeah, I really enjoy that show. It's a lot. It, of it's. Fun. I mean, it's so campy and cheesy, and and they know it. And I mean, it's. But it's just. But they play into that, right? They do. Holliston is only like ten minutes from my house, or or from where we grew up. So that was also kind of cool. Right. I drive through Holliston a fucking shit ton yeah. of times and just noticing places that they use in the show is just like, Oh, I know that. But yeah, I mean the, the, the guest, sorry, the guest appearances that they get, I mean, I mean, Kane Hodder was on it quite a bit. Derek Mears. I don't know if Sid Haig was on it or not. Yeah. I'm still in the first season, so I do not know, but we're talking about Danielle Harris, not just Hollis, Holliston, New York daily news has called her Hollywood's reigning scream queen. So she's, I mean, obviously she's a scream queen. Just look at some of these credits. Urban legend, Left 4 Dead, also known as Devil's Night. Like you said, the Hatchet yep. series. She played Belle in Stakeland, which is a really cool vampire horror movie. She won Best Actress at the Burbank International Film Festival for her role in Shiver. Yep. She was in the computer animated Night of the Living Dead darkest dawn which was really fucking cool and she played a little role in once upon a time in hollywood yeah i uh i saw that but like she's been doing this for a long time she was in eerie indiana remember that oh my god that show cool creepy show i love that show she played a small role on growing pains i think i first got a crush on her when she tried to steal david from darlene on roseanne back in the day yeah and as i learned today she was in don't tell mom the babysitter's dead Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> she was. Uh, but yeah, so we celebrate you, Danielle Harris. We, uh, I don't know, adorn you with a crown <laughs> and a sash. Like, I, I don't know. But Miss Halloween 2020. Cheers. Cheers. I, I think that uh, that wraps it up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add. You can check us out. We are on... Spotify, we're on iTunes, Podomatic. Check us out on Instagram, Fans of the Dead One. We're on Facebook, Fans of the Dead. At Fans of the Dead One on Twitter. Follow us there. Give us some shout outs. You can leave us feedback at fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to hear from you. Thoughts, insights, maybe things you want us to talk about. A movie we could go over. We would love for you guys to pick our next movie for our, I don't know, our season two opener for November. Season premiere. What should we do? Our season premiere. Yeah, what, what what should we do? I'm sure there's movies that people want us to do. Yeah. I mean, there's movies I want. I still have a huge list of movies that I want us to go over. Oh, God. We'll get there. There's a lot of movies out there. I mean, we've only done 12. Yeah. Yeah. There's more than 12. There are more than 12 movies out there. All right. Well, I think that does it. All right. As always, have fun. Be safe. Happy Halloween. Mm-hmm.